Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Renegade EDC podcast. Uh, my name is Chris, and welcome to episode eight, uh, where we are going to be continuing on with a little bit of watch talk. So, uh, in our previous episode, we spent nearly two hours talking with uh, Tony, uh, also now known as Domus Tempest, uh, about watches, a little bit about their meaning, uh, and and some of our thoughts on how they fit into our EDC and our life. Uh, so, I wanted to continue uh, that that kind of tangent or that thought process by going into uh, one of the newest additions to my watch collection, which is uh, the out of order um diver watch so let's start off the episode with the quote like we typically do we'll go straight into it the quote is don't expect to be motivated every day to get out there and to make things happen you won't be don't count on motivation count on discipline and once again uh i chose this um I chose this quote because this quote really deeply speaks uh, to me. I am a um, a very hardworking person. Uh, I would say I work probably twice as many hours as most people do. I wake up relatively early in the morning and I go to sleep. I work well into uh, the night. Especially recently, I don't uh, I don't play video games. I don't watch movies. Uh, I don't really do much as far as pastimes uh, outside of taking photos of my EDC and uh, planning this podcast. Really, every other hour of my work day is either family time or uh, work time. But uh, with that being said, I sometimes find that I lack motivation, uh, especially you know as as time kind of drags on. We're we're still in the in the pandemic, you know, a long time after it was supposed to be. You know, we we started this whole thing with the the thirty days to flatten the curve, and here we we're rounding the uh, the one year point of of these limitations, and that definitely plays a part in. Uh, the overall feeling uh, that we all have. So this quote really, uh, really talks to me. Don't expect to be motivated every day, to be motivated to get out there and make things happen because you won't be. Don't count on motivation. So this quote is saying, you may be a motivated person, but you can't always depend on that. There are a lot of things that are going to get in the way, whether it is your, uh, the way that you feel, uh, you know, sometimes we get that little bit of a of a depressed feeling. Uh, it makes it hard for us to to get up and go. And I am not unlike everybody else in that. I have those days, uh, just like everybody else does, where I have a hard time getting motivated. When you lose motivation, everything falls back on discipline. And this uh, this quote is from Jocko Willink. Uh, he is a amazing uh, motivational speaker. Uh, All the books that he has written uh, have been wonderful tools uh, in my life and have saved me from a lot of uh, psychological battles that I have had uh, with myself. Uh, But with him having a, a military background, you fall back on training. In the military, you could be as motivated of a person as you could possibly want to be, uh, but when the shots start being fired, you know, your your motivation may wane um, pretty quickly. So you you fall back on your training, you fall back on discipline. Discipline is the root of of us moving forward. 
So, uh, moving on uh, to the watch. Uh, so, the the watch um, that I mentioned is the Out of Order Gray. Uh, this is an automatic watch uh, that I actually uh, picked up from the point system on Watch Gang. Um, watch Gang is is an interesting uh, subscription service. Uh, I used the the black subscription for a while. I had a discounted uh, use of it. I used it for a few months. I was not not ex- exceptionally happy with uh, with anything that came out of there. Uh, none of the watches ever find wrist time, uh, and I very quickly got away from it. Uh, since then, I have moved over to the point system. So every month they just uh, they just give me points, and then I can use those points to to pick up a random watch of my choosing, and that has turned out a lot better for me. So that's how I got this uh, this watch. Uh, out of order watches. I uh, was started in 2013 uh, in Italy, and it is a they, they're a company that specializes in new watches that look old. Uh, and I I've been one of those people. Uh, anytime that I buy, I'll, I'll liken this to clothing. Anytime that I've I've bought clothing, my my pants are always prim and proper there there's no rips there's no distressed areas there's no faded areas i do not want uh, any article of my clothing to be falsely aged when i'm buying them for high dollar because they're sucking the life out of the clothing that i plan on wearing for a long period of time i've never understood buying a pair of jeans with holes in them or buying a shirt that has the the shirt sleeve ripped on purpose just for the sake of fashion but I made an exception with this with this watch, and I'm extremely happy uh, that I did. So to to preface this, they're not necessarily damaging the watch. There's nothing that is impacting the the use uh, or usability of this of this watch. They are basically giving it a patina. So they're making aspects of this watch look like it's been used for years and years when it is a brand new watch with a brand new movement springs. You know, it's accurately uh, keeping your time. Uh, and they they do it really well. It's very tastefully done. So all of the uh, the primary visual parts of the watch are made in Italy. The movement in the particular one that I have is a Japanese movement. Uh, so this one has the Miyota 8215 Japanese movement. Uh, this is a non-hacking uh, movement. And for those of you that may be even just getting into watches for the first time, Hacking is a a functionality in mechanical watches where when you pull the stem out, it will actually freeze the second hand. So if you're a person uh, much like myself uh, that is somewhat neurotic about time, uh, I actually, the homepage on my computer is time.gov. So every time I open an internet window uh, or pull up my... uh, my, my internet browser, the first page that pops up is time.gov, and that is the, the atomic clock. So that tells me the exact time, period, no question. And what hacking allows is I could go to that uh, website, I could look up what time it is, I could pull that stem out, I could set the time, it freezes that second hand. So I could actually count down the time, three, two, one, start my clock, and then my clock, my wristwatch, would be accurate to the second uh, with that atomic clock or that the website's time. Uh, 
Uh, that gives you an ability to track how much time is gained or lost by your watch uh, very, very accurately without keeping a log because you know that when you set it, it was to that time and you can look back 24 hours later, 48 hours later, see what your time says and know exactly how far your your watch is off. So that's a really fantastic feature. But uh, at the same time, it it's not absolutely necessary uh either. Uh, so this one is non-hacking. So when you go to set the time, that second hand does continue to go. It does not stop. And one unfortunate drawback of the uh, Miyota 8215 movement is that the, the the second hand, it's called a jumping second hand. So you can uh, kind of lose accuracy on your, your second hand over time because if you... Um, if you jostle the, the watch around or you it impacts off of something, that second hand can jump around. It's not the most accurate movement that you can possibly get, but it is a nice budget um, movement getting into the automatics. Uh, the watch is a 44 uh, millimeter uh, in size, so a rather large watch. Um, myself, I have a near 8-inch wrist, so a 44 millimeter uh, watch looks looks pretty well sized uh, for my wrists. It has about 11 and three quarter millimeter thickness. So it is nice and thin. If you're wearing this with a sweater, long sleeve shirt, collar, or um, shirts with cuffs, uh, this actually fits underneath those quite well. Has flat sapphire glass. So you do have a nice uh, sapphire glass on the front that's going to be scratch resistant. It is absolutely beautiful. It polishes well. It is pretty much invisible uh, when you have it nice and clean. And then this particular one is uh, waterproof up to um, roughly 300 feet or 100 meters. The look of the watch uh, is is fantastic. And I noticed one one thing really early uh, when I when I pulled the watch out of the the package. I like to take a, a look over everything, see the writing on it. Uh, so it does have a um, a crown that is emblazoned with the out of order. Uh, so the three O's. So it does have a uh, logoed crown. Mine has a nice gray uh, kind of sunburst uh, background has out of order emblazoned all the way around the bezel in a reddish orange kind of coloring, uh, has really good, um, super luminova. So a great loom on there, uh, nice and bright. It does kind of fade out a little bit quicker than I would like it to, uh, but not, uh, not terrible. If you even give it a little bit of sunlight throughout the day or touch it with a flashlight, it'll hold a charge for a pretty decently, uh, pretty decent amount of time. Uh, but going back to the, the the writing on the on the watch, so it has the the out of order uh, all over it. Has that it's an auto damaged in Italy uh, right on the uh, the dial of the watch, and then on the back on the case back, it has the three O's, the out of order, damaged in Italy, and then right underneath it, they have a little um, bold italic writing that says, "Please treat me bad." So it says a lot. They they patina the watch uh, for you, so they make it look like it's been treated moderately bad. And then they also encourage it on the back. Please treat me bad. And then, of course, it says auto as well. 
this is a screw down case back, uh, so everything is nice and sealed up for some good water tightness. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, so we've talked a little bit about the, the size, the general aesthetics of it. Let's talk about the value. So MSRP on this watch is roughly $380, which I think is a pretty good uh, intermediate range into the automatic movement. Yes, you can find a lot of automatic watches that are far cheaper than that. And yes, you can also find watches with this same automatic, this Miyota movement, that are far more expensive. Uh, I believe we'll actually get into that uh, as we go into... Yep, so I've got that at the end of the, the podcast where we'll talk about that a little bit more. Okay, uh, so going back, uh, we've got... Uh, another thing that I, f I forgot to mention about this watch is this particular watch does have a date window. Uh, I prefer a date window on all of my watches just because I am filling out paperwork on almost a daily basis, writing checks to other companies, uh, filling out dates on my report, signing my name. Uh, on a lot of documents, I like to have the date readily accessible. I don't always want to have to pull my phone out, and I feel that uh, just glancing at my wrist for either the time or the date uh, just has a little bit more of a um, a proper, a polite, or elegant note to it. Um, so it has a great date window. It is nice and open, easy to see. Even when you get into the double-digit windows, the window is well-sized where you're not questioning, is it the 6th of the month or is it the 16th? Uh, so that looks really, really good. Um, going down through the things that they have done to this particular watch to make it look, uh, aged. So the, uh, the actual case of the watch kind of has a, I would call it an oil slick finish. So it looks like they've probably heat patinaed, uh, this case before they have engraved all of the, the wording onto it. So it has made in Italy around that case as well. There's some minor, minor hand rubbing that kind of looks like brush marks uh, on the bezel, uh, which it does have a, a 60 uh, point rotating bezel. So it's got the full 60 indices uh, and it has a nice haptic click, which I'm actually going to see if I can get it to register on the microphone. Let's turn the microphone up here a little bit. So really nice sound uh, on that. Let me go ahead and put that back to the top. Uh, really great sound on that uh, rotating bezel. <clears throat> on top of that, it does originally come with a uh, veg tan leather strap uh, that does have a raw edge on it. So it's very raw, uh, would patina really, really quickly with wrist ton. Uh, I, particular, I in particular don't like uh, leather uh, with the bands. It's surprising. Uh, but most of the, the leather straps, they're, they're rigid, they're rough. Uh, they need a lot of work to make them more comfortable. And then on these dive-style watches, uh, I really prefer silicone. So the first thing that I did, I wore the watch for about a week with the original leather band on it. And then I picked up a Zulu Diver 22 millimeter uh, silicone band. And this is the, the easy swap uh, with the easy swap uh, pins in it. So if I wanted to 
replace that or change the band out depending on on what's going on that day it's very very easy to to pull out uh, i do have a couple of silicone bands for this watch so i have a barton uh, silicone band and then i also have the zulu diver the zulu band feels so much better the barton band is very rigid uh, i find that their holes uh, on the on the wrist strap are a little bit they're spaced out a little bit too much so what i'll actually find is that the watch is either too tight or too loose there's not a happy in between the zulu diver band uh, they have more oblong holes and they're spaced closer together and then the strap has just a modicum of stretch not much uh, not enough that you know, there's really anything going on. Uh, but what I can do with the, the Zulu diver band that I can't do with the Barton is I can put it on the one step too tight um, notch, and that band will actually relax just enough that the band is comfortable. I can also put it on uh, the pin that is just right for fit, and it still holds into place just fine. Uh, this time of year, I normally like my wristwatches just a little bit on the tight side because I'm wearing jackets, sweaters, long sleeve shirts, uh, and I do not like my watch to move around. I don't like it to be flipping around back and forth on my wrist, making my uh, skin raw feeling because it's moving all day long. I like my watch to be exactly where it's supposed to be all the time. In the summertime, I can wear my watch a little bit looser because you don't have any kind of outside forces interacting with it. It's just sitting on your wrist. It's just fine. Uh, but the Zulu Diver uh, watch bands, I would highly recommend those over the Barton bands. <clears throat> uh, yep. So finished up with that. So let's go a little bit more into the Miyota movement. So I mentioned before that accuracy-wise, the Miyota is, is, not, is not the most accurate. So even the, um, the manufacturer of the Miyota movement, which is a Japanese movement, says that it goes from anywhere from minus 20 seconds to plus 40 seconds per day. So you have a 60-second window you could be in daily so you could lose up to 20 seconds or you could gain as much as 40 seconds in a day um, wearing this watch I haven't noticed too much of a difference uh, I think after the two weeks actually lets me see here yeah so after two weeks I'm running at three minutes and 31 seconds slow which is not uh, which is not too bad. Uh, that's within a good operating range for me. Uh, I do have far more accurate watches, but that three minutes isn't going to be a deal breaker. And knowing that, uh, I can always go through and just do a minor adjustment to the time uh, once a week or twice a week, um, and and solve that problem quite well. This watch uh, operates with around 21,000 vibrations per hour, has a 42-hour runtime. So if you were to take this watch off, it will almost last two days on a full charge. We have a 21-joule movement, uh, auto, quick date, date change with a hand-wind option. So if 
say you haven't worn this watch for a few weeks and you don't want to shake it around or or wait for that automatic um, power reserve to go into effect as that uh, pendulum or that weight uh, is moving, you can actually unscrew the crown, hand wind it to get that power going, and then strap it on your wrist and be good to go. <coughs> so that's really the basics uh, of the of the watch movement. There are far more detailed analyses uh, or analysis analysis uh, on the on the interwebs. You can go pretty much anywhere on the internet and find people that have gone into detailed analytical results uh, on these, where they're pairing them up with all kinds of equipment. It's further than I want to go. Um, we talked about the hesitating jumping hand because of the indirect drive um, on the second hand, and that can cause the the hand to lose accuracy. Not a huge deal. Um, And considering that it's an entry-level automatic, it's not uncommon either. Most of the the entry-level automatic watches that you're going to get in this this cost range are going to be pretty similar uh, on that. So finishing up, that, that pretty well goes through the, the specs and details about the watch. Uh, let's go into why I wanted this watch. Uh, so I've mentioned many, many times in the podcast that uh, most everything that's in my EDC right now uh, and anything that I'm looking to purchase in the future, my main train of thought is sentimentality. So I'm wanting to connect with the items that are in my pocket, on my wrist, or on my person at any one point in time. And any of those things that I'm carrying on a daily basis, I want to have some form of deeper connection with them outside of them just being a tool. Uh, so in my, uh, in my wife's family and in my own, uh, our primary uh, heritage, uh, if you will, is German and Italian. Uh, so I have a grandmother that was born in Germany uh, on my mother's side, and then my great-grandfather on my father's side was born in Italy. Uh, my wife's family, her grandfather was born in Italy, and her um, her grandmother uh, was of heavy German descent. So a lot of German and Italian heritage in both sides of the family. And because of that, uh, being that watch manufacturers are in both of those countries, I wanted to have an assortment of watches that I could liken to that heritage. So out of order being manufactured in Italy, uh, that was one of the the first Italian watches that I could think of uh, to pick up, something that I wanted to try out, something I wanted to explore, and that was the reason for picking that up. And then I have a number of watches that are in my collection that have a German um, country of origin. So that's... uh, that's really how my watch collection is going to to meld and evolve from this point on is there there are a few manufacturers that I want to pick up but my my primary goal is to pick up a few of those primary sentimental pieces um, something that has that honoring of my heritage <clears throat> in it uh, it's entry level auto watch uh, is a good choice for anybody that's looking to enter automatic or mechanical watches. So it's not going to break the bank. It's a good dependable watch. It's going to last for years and years. It's going to be something that's relatively easy to surface service uh, because most local or state um, 
watch service centers are going to service a Miyota movement. It's a pretty common movement uh, that you can get serviced really easily. Um, another thing that the, the company offers for those just getting into uh, watches is that they offer quite the ladder to walk up. So say you get in and you purchase this, uh, this Miyota automatic watch. You decide, okay, I really like this watch. I like the things that they're doing as a company. I like the look of this watch, but I want something a little bit more involved. They offer a great number of other movements all the way up to some pretty decent Swiss movements. Uh, the prices of the watches are going to go from that 200 to $300 range all the way up into the thousands. Uh, when you get up into those, those higher end movements and Swiss movements uh, in there. Um, yep. So we talked about all that. So let's talk about now uh, watches with the the same movement. So I'd mentioned before that there's quite a diversity of prices when you're looking at this range and you're looking at a, a few hundred dollars of, of difference. So on the low end of the spectrum, Timex actually makes a watch uh, called the Marlin. The Marlin has the 8215 Miyota movement in it and uh, starts out at an MSRP of around $259, uh, which is about $130 less than the MSRP on this out-of-order auto. Uh, you also have the Spinnaker Cahill, which is coming in underneath this one at $350, so about a $30 savings on MSRP. You also have a French, um, a French watch, which I'm going to butcher the daylights out of this name, but La Moline, La Moline, something like that, uh, by La Farbian uh, watches, which is 440, and then you have the Woolbrook uh, Skin Diver at 470. Uh, those are watches on the, the closest spectrum on both sides. So a couple that are a little bit cheaper and a couple that are a little bit more expensive. Uh, looking at all of those watches, you're getting pretty much the same materials uh, in, in all of them. In the, in the Timex and the Spinnaker, the, the band that you're getting is a little bit lesser quality. I believe that the Timex and the Spinnaker both have mineral glass, um, so you're not getting that nice sapphire glass that you're getting in the out-of-order watch. Uh, the two above both have uh, mineral crystals, so you're going to get similar items with that. Uh, their looms, uh, from reviews that I've read, are a little bit better uh, than in this one. So there are a couple of items there that are going to get you a little bit higher performance out of those. But looking at those watches and reading all the reviews that people have put on the watches, both underneath the value and above, I think that this one is a, is a perfect median watch. So you're getting honestly upgrades that I would recommend highly over the lower two prices with the Spinnaker and the Timex. And I would recommend this one over the two that were more expensive because there's not really anything that those two offer um, other than apparently their name that really gives them a competitive edge over top of the out-of-order entry-level watch. So, in closing, uh, and I know this um, this review is a little bit all over the place because uh, I actually went into some of the items that I had written down for the end at the beginning, so I was actually kind of having a hard time following through uh, to my places. Um, but in closing, I think that this watch, the value is good. Um, 
good entry level price. You can definitely get a lot cheaper um, in this spectrum, but I also think that you're losing out on some things that are going to be really good quality items. So especially if you're an EDC person that likes to wear something on a daily basis, you want to make sure that it's going to take up that uh, that abuse, that everyday usage. Uh, I really want to have something that has sapphire glass. Sapphire glass is something that I really look look for in a watch just because I'm crawling around in the dirt and the mud and crawl spaces. I'm around nails jutting out of uh, subroof sheathing. I'm around trusses that somebody has over penetrated a screw or a nail into. So I'm like scraping my clothes and skin and whatever's on my wrist is going to get some form of abuse. And I don't want the, um, the glass on the front of my watch to be all scratched up and I not be able to see through it. The other thing that I like about this watch when it comes to EDC and the value is that it is pre-damaged and then they encourage damage. So if you have a prim, pristine, and proper watch, um, uh, take my Seiko cocktail time. My, My Seiko cocktail time is immaculate. There's not a scratch on it. There's not a blemish on it. It is absolutely perfect, but Because of that, I would never wear that watch in an everyday carry scenario. I'm not, I'm just not going to do it because I'm going to be scared to death of putting a scratch on a watch that is absolutely pristine and perfect. This watch came out of the box, quote unquote, damaged. It has the patina. It has scratches on the bevel. There's nothing that I'm going to do in my day-to-day work on this watch that's going to make it look anything lesser than what it looks like now it takes that um it takes that point where uh, when i was a contractor every time i bought a new truck it was within a fir- within the first week that i would get a, a ding in it uh, and i can actually remember another person uh, this was a gentleman that worked for me in my contracting company two times while he was working for me he bought a new pickup truck And when he's on the car lot, the first thing that he would do is scratch it or dent it. (laughs) And I never understood why. And he always said, you know, I want to know where the first scratch or dent comes from because it's going to be within this week that it happens. Um, And that, that was always a real interesting thing to me. With this watch, I don't have to worry about that first scratch, that first dent, that first nick, because it's just adding to the art of what they've already put on it. The build quality of this watch um, is fantastic. Everything that I have touched and felt on this watch is well-made, well-put-together. Their quality control is fantastic. It comes in a beautiful package. Um, there's, there's no problems with the build quality. The only drawback is the drawbacks that the Miyota movement has. Uh, so that jumping second hand is not always the best. The accuracy could be a little bit better, but you also have to bear in mind that it is a Miyota entry-level automatic movement, so you're not buying a Rolls-Royce here. You're you're buying a, a pretty affordable um, a watch. And lastly is the look. I've gone over this the entire podcast. It looks fantastic. Every single watch that they have on their website 
I think looks fantastic. They each have their own attributes. They have all kinds of colorings, all kinds of patinas. Uh, from what I can see, I've seen a few of this exact watch on Instagram. People that have posted, I've started following the the hashtag for it. Uh, it looks like every one of them is patinaed, just minor, uh, moderately different. No two watches look like they come off the same. And I also like that because I can buy an entry-level watch, pull it out of the box, and feel like I have some kind of a unique quality over everybody else that has purchased that exact same watch. Uh, <clears throat> so across the board, talking about my first watch review on the podcast, I would highly recommend the out-of-order auto uh, with the Japanese movement for somebody that is looking for an entry-level watch that is going to stand up to uh, some real damage. My first recommendation would be to get a Zulu Diver um, silicone band for it. I think that it fits a lot better personally. Some people like leather. You may even want a bracelet on it. And some of their uh, out-of-order watches do come with a stainless steel bracelet. So I'm going to wrap that up uh, for this podcast. Uh, That has been the review of the out-of-order auto in gray. Um, I'm looking forward to the next one. Uh, In the next episode, we are going to be getting back into um, other EDC items, and we are looking at the possibility of another guest. So tune in. Hope you have a good day.